0: Before we begin this week's show, I want to wish somebody a very happy birthday, and that is my beloved best friend, wife, literally everything, Haven, and our sister of the show. Happy birthday, Haven. We love you so much, and we can't thank you enough for everything that you are and everything that you do for everyone. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a transdenominational podcast. All are welcome and safe here, no matter what your faith is or isn't. Hello, my name is Reverend Angel Wise, and I'll be your host. I am an ordained transdenominational denominational minister, director of Oblates Perpetual Light, intuitive healer, Kabbalist, and life coach. I firmly believe that the divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we'll explore the lives of these amazing beings. We'll also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to encourage, educate, inspire, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Shalom, shalom, and welcome home, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are well and blessed and seeing life and all of its ups and downs as blessings for what they truly are. They are blessings. They Even the challenges and the suffering and the hardship in life are blessings because it gives us the amazing opportunity to take control change. and change. instead of being reactive, it allows us to see that this is coming from the divine, from a higher power, from the Creator, it is an opportunity to bring about change in us. And how we react to things is a matter of how things go and how things change. So anyway, welcome everyone for being here. If you're new to the show, Infinite thanks for being here. It is my deepest hope and sincere prayer that you find everything that you're searching for in a podcast, especially a faith based podcast, here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for being a longtime lover and supporter of the show. It is because of you that this show is here. So, as we often do, show of hands, how many of you have heard of Katarina Maria? Sudrio, S U D R I O. Yeah, I know, not many at all, and that is a shame, but no worries. We're going to learn about Katarina today. So, the article I'm going to be sharing is from Sister Leonor Sedanino, S H M, from homeofthemother.org. And of course, as always, there will be links. In the show description for anything that is shared in the show. So, uh, disclaimer before we begin that this article was written by a Roman Catholic nun or sister. So, please take that in consideration if you are not of the Roman Catholic faith. Um, as the wordage in everything is from a, you know, a very devout um, person of the Roman Catholic faith that is under vows. And not that it's going to be anything weird, but I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that because some of the things she says and how she says them may not align with your beliefs and your faith. And that's good because it's good to learn about other faiths. And I wanted everybody to know ahead of time that way no one becomes defensive. And if anything, you take it for a grain of salt or an opportunity to learn and grow. So Sister Leonora wrote this article about Caterina Maria Sudrio and she titled it Jesus Never Fails. It is amazing how in the last twenty years in Italy, the Lord has chosen to show his love and mercy through the example of holy lives of children and young people to show us that holiness is possible because he is the one who sanctifies when we let him. See it's already using male, um, you know, whatever. Obviously, I'm terrible with English. It's using male uh, terms to represent that which is everything. In a society where so many young people are enslaved to their cell phones, music, worldly activities, and full of superficiality in the midst of suffering and difficulties, the Lord is capable of transforming souls so that they may give him glory through their offering, sacrifices, and charity. This is one example of how grace works in souls, regardless of age, condition, level of education, or any other standard. And this is key and quite important. One of the reasons I mentioned what I did at the intro, um, about how no matter what is being presented to you, in your life at any given moment, whether you view it as something positive or something neutral or something negative, there's always something there that is a way for you to learn and grow and evolve if you see it that way. And instead of being reactive, you know, as we've talked about pausing, you know, taking a moment to pause, take a breath, and then Act or react from your heart instead of from your emotions, or your brain, or just from being on autopilot. There are many cases: Carlo Acutis, Manuel Fadero, Laura Digan, David Boogie, Julia Gabrielli, Matteo Farina, or Farina, yeah, Farina are some examples among many other testimonies of the holiness and lives of children and young people. It is clear that God has worked in these souls to bring us hope and so that we can imitate them. And the names that she listed are all people, young adults, uh, teenagers and children from Italy that are just off the charts, amazing, um, somewhere in the process of becoming saints, Um, I believe Carlo Acutis has already became a saint, uh, and we'll definitely be exploring the people that she named here in future shows. Today, I would like to share the story of Caterina Maria Sudrio, born on June 1st, 2006, in the city of Benevento, southern Italy. Caterina Maria was the youngest of 10 children in a family that practiced the faith. She was surrounded by the love of her parents, siblings, and grandparents. Katerina had a very joyful and courageous character. She was generous and attentive to the needs of others in her household, even in the smallest details. But what stood out the most in Katerina was her great religious sensitivity and her love for Jesus, especially in the Eucharist. When she was only five years old, she asked for permission to receive her First Communion. She worked diligently to learn her prayers and catechism. It was not enough for her to just memorize everything. She really wanted to understand what she was learning. Finally, the long awaited day came on December 25th, 2011. She received our Eucharistic Lord with great joy, And excitement. She was so happy that she exclaimed, Now I'm like baby Jesus. And that is really odd for a child, especially at that age, um, to be so excited about their first communion and receiving the Eucharist. And that right there in and of itself points to how special. Katerina is, and how um, you know she just didn't want to learn the prayers enough to memorize them to get to receive her first communion in the Eucharist. She wanted to know through and through what she was learning, so she could put it into practice and process it through her heart. Again, something we can all greatly take away from the many things to take away from Katerina. Uh, regardless of what your faith is, learn your faith. Don't just Know it from the Sunday service or, you know, just an occasional reading of um, prayers or Psalms or the Bible. I mean, really study, embrace, get involved in your faith to where you not only know it, but more so you feel it and you can be that. Because your faith should be you, you. It should be your way of life. It shouldn't be just something that's done on Sundays or holidays or special days. It should be something that you live each and every moment of your days. So we continue with the article. Jesus came into her heart, and from that day on, the Lord began to pour many graces into her soul. It was obvious to her family. She began to advance in her spiritual life her behavior at home, and the effort she made to be kind to her siblings, and how she was at peace with everyone. Her sisters remember that whenever there was any kind of argument or fight between siblings, Katerina would realize it right away, and with her decisive character would try to find a solution to the problem, and so keep the family united. She would correct with love, saying, we shouldn't act this way. Jesus doesn't like it. We have to love each other. And that is something, again, her words uh, are just beyond wise, beyond her years and her soul. I mean, uh, definitely, that's purely from her soul. An old soul is this saying, this, this one sentence of hers is something that you should put on your refrigerator, put on the dashboard of your car, put it on a bracelet something that you can see, we shouldn't act in this way. Jesus doesn't like it, or change it to whatever. Allah doesn't like it. Hashem doesn't like it. Um, the Great Mother doesn't like it. The universe doesn't like it. Hecate doesn't like it. We have to love each other. Now, if we could only incorporate that into our lives, at any given moment, when someone say, somebody comes up and is yelling at you, How do you act slash react? We normally, since we're on autopilot, we normally just get upset, become very emotional, angry, and we lash back. We attack or what some say called defense. We defend ourselves. But what if just for a moment we do what little young Katarina said here? Think. This person shouldn't be acting like this. Jesus, again, whomever, doesn't like it. Bottom line, we have to love each other. So in that pausing moment, as you're recalling this from Katerina, react from that. React from love. You don't know why this person is yelling at you. Investigate it. Find out. Be calm. Be peaceful. Do it from a loving place. You know, because our faith is the goal of our faith is to bring us closer to the creator, to where we become united with the creator. Remember, the creator is already within each and every one of us, regardless of your faith and whatever, regardless of whatever that you label that higher power, that creator or whom or whatever. So if we can take that moment and pause, remember, Katerina. Remember this saying, we shouldn't act this way. Jesus doesn't like it or whomever. We have to love each other and respond from love. You are and will be attaining things with your soul and your life that you are here to learn, grow, and evolve and do. Because all of us, regardless our souls are here on a mission, or I should say, missions, and anytime we are just reactive and we're on autopilot, we're, we're not getting closer to the Creator. We're not solving or, um, you know, evolving or growing into what our souls are here to grow and evolve and learn to do. We are actually going backwards. We're putting up more obstacles. So this is really important and key. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent on this. I don't really think it is a tangent because it's related to the topic, but I do pray that it helps drive this home more. And if this doesn't make much sense to you or is very foggy, uh, no worries because we're going to be having a show coming up here very soon exclusively on the topic of you know our soul's missions and surrender and what that looks like and how to achieve it. So again, back to the article. The Lord was already transforming her and preparing her interiorly. Within her soul, she began to develop a very deep relationship with Jesus. She tried to go to confession weekly and as often as she could. She would go to Mass and receive Jesus in the Most Holy Eucharist. She knew perfectly well that the Eucharist is the very body of our Lord Jesus. For this reason, she did not understand why the Eucharist was being distributed on the hand at the risk of a small particles falling to the floor without the priest or person receiving even realizing it. Once, when a priest tried to explain to her different reasons for why communion was being distributed on the hand, Katerina exclaimed with simplicity and clarity, yes, but Jesus is God. And for those of you who aren't Roman Catholic, again, um, or Catholic, they believe that the Eucharist is the body, you know, is, is cons- when it's consecrated, it is transformed into the body of Jesus. Okay, so, you know, a lot of people when I know I remember back when because I was a Roman Catholic at the time when they changed over to allowing people to accept the Eucharist in the palm of their hand instead of by mouth. Um, when it was by mouth they used to put like a little tray underneath your uh, chin to catch any kind of particles or if you happen to accidentally drop it from your mouth um, because again it's a, it's something sacred you know you wouldn't want something that you deem to be sacred whatever your faith is to fall on the floor be discarded in an un um, you know unfaithful way or just to be thrown on the floor and um, not even noticed, recognized, or any of that. Um, you know, it's, I hate to use the term, but it's, you know, very blasphemous. It's very um, counter faith. It's its disrespectful at the very least. Um, so <laughs> young Katerina is now, you know, she's questioning, you know, why people are receiving the Eucharist by hand when you know, that can be very dangerous that, you know, something could fall on the floor, or particles or and we've talked about saints before that talk about uh, Padre Pio was one, um, about the importance of the particles of the Eucharist. We've also talked about uh nuns who weren't able to have the Eucharist at their place in you know when a priest would come by this slim chance and uh, have the Eucharist there and would leave particles or pieces behind how they would scoop those up and treasure them as something sacred. So here we see young Katerina kind of challenging the system. She's challenging the priest. And as he's trying to give her an explanation or education on why it's okay to accept the Eucharist with your hand, um, you know, she she quickly points out that, you know, according to her faith and their faith is Jesus is God. So, you know, you shouldn't be receiving it. In your hand, it should be going directly to the source, which is your mouth, so you can ingest it. During her summer vacation, she would go to church for exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. When she entered the church and saw that the Blessed Sacrament was already exposed, Katerina prostrated herself in the aisle as a sign of respect and adoration towards the Lord. She was not embarrassed to prostrate herself in this way, with her forehead touching the ground, nor did she care what others thought of her. She knew that she was before God himself. And we've talked about adoration um, here and there through uh, some of the saints we've talked about before. Some of them were all about adoration and and how that changed their lives. So check out um, any of the previous episodes for more information on that. After benediction, which is the blessing, when the time of adoration had finished, Katerina would stay to help one of the friars who was a friend of the family and also the sacristan. She enthusiastically learned the names of all the liturgical objects in the use of each of them. Now, how does this sound for, you know, a six-year-old, five, six-year-old child? It, normally children have no, no interest in any of this stuff at all, but this shows you the level of uh, Katerina's soul, even though her physical body was very young, her soul was very wise and old. My apologies for interrupting the show, but I have a very important question or questions for you. What does the show mean to you? Has this show helped or benefited you, a loved one, a friend in any way? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, we are having a fundraiser for the show that goes now until Friday, July the 7th. And it is through PayPal. So many people have contacted me saying that they they don't quite understand the Cash App and how to do that. So this time it's through PayPal and it is very, very easy. Most of us already have accounts on PayPal, if not several accounts. So if you are so inclined in You're like me. You can't wait for the next episode. And honestly, I'm like that. (laughs) You can't wait for the next episode. And again, if this show has helped you, benefited you, your family, your loved ones, your friends, in any way, shape or form, and you have the means, please consider making an offering to our fundraiser. It can be any amount. Even a dollar will help. My family spent over $1,000, well over $1,000 last year, on things to help improve the quality of the show. And if you go back and listen to any, pick any episode between season one and three compared to episode you're listening to now, you can definitely hear considerable difference and better in the quality. So again, any and all donations that are made to our fundraiser will go to help improve and support the show so much time and work god know it doesn't seem like it sometimes but a lot of time and work goes into each and every show and we want to do our level best more than our level best we want to do whatever the divine wants us to do the creator to get this show as in a best shape and condition that it can be in and to reach as many people as possible and i need your help for that so again If you can help, please feel free to make an offering at paypal.com slash pools slash c slash eight u n x y o u s b r and a link to this will be in the show description. So be sure to check that out. If you have any problems locating the show descriptions, just email me at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com, and I will send you a direct link to the PayPal. Again, any and all contributions are beyond appreciated. And I thank you all infinitely in advance. Katerina loved singing, even during her illness. She loved to sing to Jesus or simply to please anyone who would ask her to sing. She also loved the national anthem of Italy and would sing it with all her strength. And her hand over her heart after watching a movie about St. Philip Neri, who said, I prefer paradise, became her favorite song. Not a day went by when she would not sing this song it was like a longing that Jesus began to put in her heart. And I'll see if I can locate that song and either put it in our closing prayer or a link to it in the show um, description. July 2012 marked the beginning of a time of great suffering for Katerina, a path that would lead her to encounter the one she dearly loved and with whom she had developed a deep friendship. She began to have headaches, which at first she did not give great importance to. Her ability to forget about herself had grown so much that not even her parents heard her complain or took notice of the fact that something was seriously wrong with her. On September 25th, nine months after having made her first communion, Caterina was admitted to the hospital in Benevento because of her intense headaches. They began to run medical tests on her, and finally, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and given only a few days to live. She had large amounts of liquid in her head, which put pressure on her brain. Katerina was immediately brought to the hospital in Naples, and before being admitted to the operating room, she went into a coma. The doctors were able to save her by extracting a liquid, but had to leave a shunt in her head so the liquid would not accumulate again. Katerina had the shunt until the day of her death. On October 1st, feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux, Katerina was allowed to go home to her nine brothers and sisters who awaited her arrival with great enthusiasm. Midway through October, she began chemotherapy to reduce the brain tumor. In January 2013, Katerina, only six years old, was admitted to the hospital in Naples for a second time to remove the tumor. After this second operation, she continued to go back to the hospital from January to March for radiotherapy. Jesus chose to leave her in this world for a little longer so that her virtues and love for him would shine even brighter and so that he could receive her sufferings as a sweet, fragrant offering. After two operations, the Lord wanted to associate her even more to his cross in March She had to return to the hospital in Naples where she remained for three months, during which time she had to have a bone marrow transplant done twice. After those two operations, she had to be operated on again because of the drainage valve was not working properly. Every time Katerina was admitted to the hospital, her friendship with the doctors and nurses grew. Whenever she felt a little better, Katerina would accompany them on their rounds through the hospital to visit other sick children and help distribute medicine. She went from being a sick child to a little nurse. Her magnanimous heart allowed her to forget herself in order to make others happy, offering her smile, her encouragement, her sense of humor, and her help in any way she could. And we've talked about so many great uh, beings on this show and previous shows that especially the children that did this exact same thing that regardless of what they were going through at the hospital, if they had the strength, they would go and make rounds with doctors and nurses to see other patients, to do everything they could to help other patients and, and be completely selfless. Now, who of us? When we're sick or ill or suffering, whether it be at home or in the hospital, feel like doing or being anything to anyone else. We're usually so self-absorbed in our suffering that we can't see past the self. And it's amazing beings like this who remind us as to why we suffer. What's the true reason why we suffer. We've done shows on this in the past before, and no doubt we'll have more shows in the future. But again, these are opportunities for us to learn, to grow and evolve. And again, do you take this on autopilot in an reactive way, or you just curl up in a ball and say, poor me, or do you see this as a challenge, more so an opportunity um, from the creator Because a lot of times we don't, majority of us, the vast majority of us, when we suffer, we instantly think of who or what, Satan or Satan, as it is correctly pronounced. We think it's something evil. We think it's something from the devil. We think it's, you know, something unholy that's causing us to suffer. And therefore, we instantly become reactive. We get angry. We get upset. Um, emotional. Yeah, it's 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 okay. There's nothing wrong with being angry about being ill, especially being terminally ill or, you know, being ill all the time as so many of our wonderful faith and more family unfortunately are. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't live in that. You know, again, acknowledge your feelings, feel your feelings, but don't stay stuck in those feelings. I know it's easier said than done, but you need to dig deep, crawl out of the I, me, and mine, and try to see this suffering for what the Creator means it to be. Yes, I said that. The suffering that the Creator means this to be. And we'll be, again, have a show coming up here very soon on suffering, more on suffering. Yes, I know we've done shows on suffering before, but... Taking it from another angle, from another perspective, that the suffering's coming from the Creator. And why? Why would the Creator cause us suffering? You know, it's an opportunity for us to grow and evolve. So we continue. When someone asked Katerina if she suffered, check this out, she responded very naturally and with maturity. Yes. I suffer a lot, but we have to accept the will of God. And she accepted and faced everything with a smile on her face. Towards the end of June, Katerina was allowed to go home because the doctors had declared her clinically cured. However, in August, she began to show signs of possible relapse. Once again, she was brought to the hospital to get tests done. She returned home, but when her parents saw the situation did not improve, they decided to take her to the hospital in Padua. However, there was little hope. Test results were clear. She had relapsed. Caterina had a great desire in her heart. She wanted to meet Pope Francis in person. She prayed and offered sacrifices for him. And like Saint Catherine of Siena, she liked to call him the sweet Christ on Earth. When she was in the hospital, she would ask for the television to be turned on so she could see the Pope. On January 23rd, 2014, Caterina, great difficulty because of her physical health, had drastically deteriorated. She went with her parents to Rome for a private audience with Pope Francis. When her mother saw how hard it was for Caterina to walk up the stairs because she was exhausted and in a lot of pain, she decided to carry her in her arms. However, Caterina did not want to miss out on any opportunity to still offer her sufferings. Perhaps she was even thinking of the Pope. She made a gesture to her mother so she would not pick her up and walked up each step with great determination. What impressed her mother even more was when Caterina began to sing, I offer my life like Mary at the foot of the cross. When Caterina was in front of the Pope, she presented him with a holy card that had an image of the baby Jesus lying in the manger. Caterina loved looking at this holy card, perhaps because she identified with him. She wanted to present the holy card to the Pope so he could bless it. But Pope Francis thought she wanted to give it to him. On realizing this, Caterina quickly took it back and pressed it to her chest, making the Pope smile. He gave her his blessing and kissed her on the head. That was a big grace for her. It was the last trip that Katerina was to take. She was so happy and grateful to her parents for such a gift. Two months later, Katerina was able to receive the Sacrament of Confirmation. For some time, Katerina had been asking her parish priest, When are you going to ask the bishop for permission so that I can be confirmed? Hurry up. I want to be Jesus's soldier. On March ninth, 2014, the first Sunday of Lent, Katerina received the sacrament of confirmation with great joy. From that moment on, Katerina lived her sickness at home. When her father said to her, Katerina, ask Jesus to cure you. She responded, no, I won't be cured. I only ask for 100 days. She said this because she knew that they were organizing a birthday party for her and she wanted to make them happy. She knew that Jesus was calling her to go and be with him. She also said to her father, dad, tell mom not to cry because I'm going to heaven. The amazing wisdom of Katerina. I, 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 I tell you folks, it's, it, it, I'm sure you can feel it. It's just off the charts that this little girl Now, as of this part of the article, at the age of seven, seven years old, is so wise beyond her years, way beyond her years, probably a lot more wise than than many of us that are listening. You know, we could only hope and pray and strive to be more like Katerina, and we can. It's an attainable goal. It really is, regardless of your faith, you know, living your faith, being your faith, um, dropping the I, me, and mine. It's not to where you're neglecting yourself. Not at all on anything you take better care of yourself, but it's more focused on being there for others and helping others. Again, you know, being that lighthouse, that beacon of light. Cause as we see with each step Katarina makes, she's receiving more and more light from the creator, from the divine, from Hashem, Adonai, God, the almighty, um, You know, the universe, Hecate, um, the great mother. Again, whatever you want to label that, which is beyond all labels. She spent the last days of her life at home, surrounded by the love of her parents and siblings. On July 25th, 2014, Katerina went into a coma. To the surprise of all the doctors that were taking care of her, she regained consciousness and received the Eucharist of our Lord. And when they asked her, do you want to kiss a kiss from Jesus and where do you want it? She responded in my heart. After a few minutes, she went back into coma. During the night, she came out of the coma, surrounded by her family, and peacefully, she fell back asleep. The next morning, Katerina's mother realized that she was dying and called the family together. At 9 o'clock on July 26th, the feast of Saints Joachim and Anne, with her family surrounding her bed and singing to her, Jesus came to take Katerina with him. Thanks be to God for the life of Katerina Maria, because her example is already a shining light on the path of faith for our other families, children, and young people. And Katerina had just reached past her eighth birthday uh, before her passing. So the little girl of eight years old with wisdom and love so, so beyond her years. And again, um. I so hope and pray you all feel from where Katerina is coming from or pointing to and how we all can and should try to model ourselves after Katerina, you know, take her way of life as an example. And as we see, it's, you know, very much like uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, um, the little flower. It's the little things, the little things that just add up just the little things of how you are in each day, you know, how, when you wake up, you know, being grateful for another day, for another life for another breath, you know, regardless if you're in a hospital bed, you woke up and that's another opportunity for your soul to grow, evolve and learn. And I know that's, as I said before, it's easier said than done, especially when we're suffering. But it can be done. It really, really can. Um, you know, I would share information with you guys as far as my experience uh, when I was in the hospital with my heart, uh, June thirtieth, which you know we just passed up that third year anniversary of my uh, survival, which I wasn't supposed to. Uh, but I've talked about that quite a bit and I'm not going to, um, bore you all with more, uh, reminiscing, um, about that. But, you know, I definitely did, um, you know, once you get through the shock and the pain and, um, I definitely did embrace where that challenge, um, that change needed to be in my life and have taken steps every day since then to uh, try to grow and evolve. Now, have I been perfect? Absolutely not. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to make progress. That is, you know, part of the missions of our souls is to make progress. And it's not, it's not perfect, never perfect. And it's often not very pretty, <laughs> but the, the importance of, is to constantly bring yourself back, you know, bring yourself back to your heart and to recenter, refocus, begin again and again and again, because each day, each moment is an opportunity that you've never had before. Here's the important kicker part. Nor is it an opportunity or a moment that you will ever happen have again that will happen again. So it's important for us to be like young Katerina and to know that everything we are facing, everything is a challenge, everything is a wake-up call, literally a wake-up call from the divine um, for our souls to achieve what we are here to do, what our goals are as souls, what our missions are, And some of you might say, well, I have no idea what my goals and missions are. Hey, no worries. We'll have a show on exactly that coming up very soon. So please stay tuned for that. In today's Internet world, there are so many choices and so many things on the Internet that uh, lure you into extending or working on or enhancing your faith. And most of them charge you for it. How about an absolutely free way and a free group that will love you unconditionally, no matter what your faith is or isn't, what your beliefs are or aren't. And again, did I mention free, absolutely free? Well, look no further. Check out the Oblates of Perpetual Light. I happen to be, just happen (laughs) to be the director of the Oblates of Perpetual Light, and I would love to to have you check us out and become a member. Again, it's absolutely free of charge. Check us out at oblates-pl or you can email me directly at oblatespl at gmail.com. There'll be links in the show description to get to those web addresses. So you say, What are the oblates of perpetual light? Well, it's the first of its kind. We are a very first group of oblates to fully utilize the internet to organize and communicate. This allows everyone and anyone to join from all over the world. The Oblates of Perpetual Light are inclusive, meaning everyone is welcome regardless of beliefs, faith, identification, gender, sexual preference, etc. We are independent, meaning that we are not affiliated with any church other than being connected to the faith in more ministries, and we are transdenominational. We are not affiliated with any one religion. Although our structure is very benedicting, our oblate director, hello, can easily assist you with adjusting to your faith no matter what it is or isn't. We greatly respect the beliefs and freedoms of all others. We all are children of the universe. Only four things are required to be an oblate of perpetual light. First is to study and contemplate some sacred text of your faith at least once a day. It can be anything, any size, even a sentence or a word. It's imperative that an Oblate pray sometime during the day. That's the second one is prayer. Again, it's up to us to choose when, where, and for how long. Number three is Oblates will gather together online, typically on Zoom, at least once a month. And that's usually the last Sunday of every month, if not the second to last Sunday. And it's not required. These are things as far as the meeting goes, if you can attend, that's great, because you get to not only talk to, but you get to see your fellow oblates. And the fourth requirement is love and respect all members, regardless of their faith. We are here as a group, not just individuals. Every faith, belief, view, etc., will be respected. Bullying, hate attacks, etc., will not be tolerated. So you are absolutely and completely safe. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, please check out the website. Again, a link will be in the show description or email me directly at oblates.pl at gmail.com. This week's prayer request and updates are as follows. Terry, Denise, I do have a Nicholas update, um, the specialist in Nashville, Tennessee, um, advised his mother that Nicholas would be best to have a third number three heart transplant. And that until they can get things set up for that, they're going to do everything they possibly can to um, keep Nicholas alive uh, until they can get that next heart transplant, because this heart that he has now um, is not salvageable. And, That is very scary for Nicholas and his family because Nicholas may not be strong enough to endure another transplant surgery. So please keep Nicholas and his family in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Next is Haley. She's still hanging on, praying, and grateful for every moment in this lifetime um, she still continues to lose a lot of weight. She is pretty much skin and bones now, and it's only a matter of time. So please keep her, her husband Taylor, and her four year old son Weston in your heart thoughts and prayers. Uh, Maudie is continuing to do well uh, with her recent heart transplant. Prayers as well for Stephanie, Sarah, and Kia. Um, Elaine's test results came back that I guess it was just a blip on the radar or a shadow or something that was seen, but her doctor said that she does not have any more malignant spots in her lungs and to continue her normal regimen of medication. So thank you all on Elaine's behalf for your prayers. Let us please keep her in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Also, her husband, Bob, please keep him in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Clyde, Lana, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Trish, Chad, and their family, Bishop Ashley and his family, brother Abel, Megan and her family, Mike S. and Kelly, Michael W., Tanya, Cheryl, Elijah, his grandmother Janet, husband Andrew, father Mike, his husband Eddie, Eddie's mother Becky, Emma, Jean, Kathy and Tony, and their family, Michael T, Kyra, Courtney Moore. I don't have any Courtney updates. I've tried uh, researching her on her social media page, and she hasn't posted anything since May. So, I mean, that's pretty scary. So hopefully she is okay. Um, I messaged her on there, so hopefully we can get some kind of response from her family. Hopefully she's doing okay. Let us please keep her in our heart, thoughts and prayers. Just an update. To remind everybody, she has a complex congenital heart defect. She's had seven open-heart surgeries, um, many after surgeries. She went into a cardiac arrest one year ago, and her sister-in-law saved her life by doing CPR. So please, please keep her um, in your heart, thoughts and prayers. James and Linda and Patty Baker, who is recovering from shoulder surgery. And if you are in need of prayers, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I love to pray in our faith in more family, which is you love to pray. So let us pray for you. My contact information is at the end of the show, which is coming up here and at the end of every show. Oh, great creator, we thank you for this opportunity, for this teaching, for the amazing blessings and examples that young Katerina gave us. At only 8 years young, she exhibited so much unconditional love and faith that all of us can learn from. Lord, please shine your light upon us and help us to not only mentally, but through our heart more so, feel and understand the core of Katerina's teachings in today's show. As your son, Yeshua ben Joseph said in Matthew 18, 1, about that time, the followers came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in God's kingdom? Jesus called a little child to come to him. He stood the child in front of the followers. Then he said, truth is, must change your thinking, become like little children. If you don't do this, you will never enter God's kingdom. The greatest person in God's kingdom is the one who makes himself humble like this child. Great Creator, please give us the humility, understanding, and wisdom of a child, of a young Katerina. Allow Katerina's light to shine upon each and every one of us and lead us to you. Amen. I so hope and pray you all have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for in a podcast here and more. Please stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever format that you're listening because this will greatly help move the show up so when people do a general search, they're more likely to find us. And the more people we reach, the more people we can help. Also, feel free, please, please, please feel free to share the show with anyone and everyone that you feel might be interested in it and it might benefit. And if you really, really enjoy the show, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show and the Faith and More ministry. Offerings can be made through patreon.com slash podcast. We actually have three tiers of membership there so again at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash faith and more podcast and don't forget about our youtube channel there's lots of great videos there and it gives you more of an immersive experience just go to youtube.com slash at faith and more podcast next is prayers i love to pray in our faith and more family that is you love to pray as well so let us pray for you there are two ways to do this the first is to email me directly at Faithandmore Podcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website at Faith and More slash my dash site. There's a form at the bottom of the website to request prayers. And of course, links to everything here mentioned in the show and in the closing here can be found in the show description. Intro and outro music are courtesy of LaFM L E S F M, which is at LESFM.net and the oblate's infomercial is courtesy of ivy music links can be found in the show description check them out and show them some love so until next time have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers bless you